Welcome to this edition of City Minutes. Today I'm joined by my colleagues Stuart Bridget and Anthony Breach, who along with Tom Lehman are the authors of our new report, Making Places, the Role of Regeneration in Leveling Up. The report looks at one of the policy proposals set out in the Leveling Up white paper to deliver 20 King's Cross style regeneration projects across the country. The report sets out in more detail uh, what that actually might mean and what other places can learn from King's Cross. So let's start with you, uh, Stuart, just provide a little bit more detail on what the King's Cross policy actually is. Thank you, Andrew. Um, so as you mentioned, the Leveling Up White Paper um, announced 20 King's Cross style regeneration projects. Um, these are supposed to be transformative regeneration projects. And the reason we decided to write this report is to help inform what regeneration should be trying to achieve, where national policy should focus, and how to make sure regeneration projects are viable and get off the ground. Uh, in terms of the where question, right away we can kind of say that UK cities and city centres in particular are where there's the greatest headroom for growth. And so any national levelling up or, or growth strategy will need to have a strong regeneration component to be successful. Okay, so we'll get into the detail of what the lessons are from King's Cross. I'll come back to you uh, on that in a second, Stuart. Uh, Anthony, just, just lay out for us um, what King's Cross actually is. When we talk about the King's Cross regeneration area, what is it? Sure. Thank you, Andrew. So King's Cross is a roughly 67-acre area of London. So it's just part of the um, city centre, just at the north of it. And it's mostly uh, within Camden. And it's nestled between two major transport hubs, King's Cross Station and also St Pancras. Up until regeneration began in the early noughties, the site was mainly uh, industrial buildings, uh, warehouses and rail yards, and it became dilapidated. It was a notorious brownfield site within central London. In the 1990s, it was decided that High Speed 1, which is the uh, high speed rail line connecting the Channel Tunnel to London, would go through East London and end up at St Pancras Station. And this provided the opportunity for a private partnership to regenerate King's Cross, which has since become very successful economically and architecturally. More importantly, in the context of a growth focus and leveling up agenda, though, King's Cross has become home to a large number of productive jobs and firms, such as Google, Meta, Havis, and Universal Music. Great. So it, the focus is often in that area around how it looks and the quality of the public realm. But the point you're making quite clearly is that it's a it's a big commercial area now as well, with lots of different businesses uh, that weren't previously there are, are there. I think that's an important point. Stuart, let's come back to you. So you, we've identified a series of lessons or um, reflections that other places can draw from King's Cross. And there are a couple of things that are slightly exceptional about it that we need to be mindful of as well. And I'll get Anthony to say something on that. So you start us off with some of the, the reflections and lessons that other places can learn from what's gone on or what's gone on over the last uh, 20, 30 years at King's Cross. Absolutely, yeah. So there's quite a number of lessons we can, we can learn from King's Cross that apply to regenerations elsewhere across the UK. Uh, a major one is that the regeneration of King's Cross was the regeneration of a city centre or a very near city centre site. And that meant that the finished regeneration could benefit from the advantages that um, city centres offered to firms. So large labour markets and agglomeration effects. So it's an important lesson for other places to bear in mind the benefits of the city centre. Um, secondly, regeneration of King's Cross has as Anthony mentioned, successfully attracted a lot of productive and industry-leading firms um, that would have been, been there uh, otherwise. So there's something that King's Cross is offering them that they've decided is the best place for them that other places aren't. And thirdly, I think the actual process in terms of regeneration focused a lot on planning and clear master planning. So the initial outline planning application focused on the bones of the site, the public ground, the public streets. Um, with some of the details and the exact uses of various buildings left in to be filled in later. 
So this gave them the flexibility while also providing the local council the certainty over um, over the public realm. Okay, so if those are some of the lessons that we think are relevant to places across the country, and then you come back to you, just just say a little bit about you know the exceptional nature of King's Cross. We've hinted at these uh, already, but just lay them out so we can be clear about what is relevant and what's not so relevant. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, King's Cross is part of London city centre, and there's nowhere else in the UK that is uh, really like that, and it presents a kind of special set of benefits. And attractions to uh, to investors and to developers and occupiers in space. So as a result, there was lots and lots of private funding that was available for placemaking. You know, it was seen as a way to uh, attract in higher-paying tenants uh, that would be prepared to pay uh, for the absolute best architectural space within the UK's real estate market. That's unfortunately not really going to be an option for. Um, many other city centre schemes uh, outside of London, which we know currently underperform uh, their full potential and uh, aren't quite yet at the level of uh, London's uh, uh, London's appeal. So in the case, if the government does want to achieve King's Cross-style developments um, in city centres up and down the country, the public sector is going to have to step in and provide more of the funding, not just for, for placemaking, but depending upon the strength of the local labor market and the strength of the city centre, potentially even for the basics in terms of providing office space, providing commercial space and providing housing as well. Great. Okay. So that leads us on to just the the final area, get some reflections from you on, which is in order to deliver this policy, 20 King's Cross style developments across the country, what needs to happen? What needs to change given where we are currently? So we think there's probably four key learnings that the government should be taking away from the report. So the first is that the government should be making city centre regeneration a key part of the overall growth strategy and focusing on attracting high productivity jobs and firms into city centres. We know many of our largest city centres outside of London are underperforming, uh, and if we could get those performing at their full potential, that would be good for their local economies and also the national economy. Second, delivering on this, um, this policy will require a delivery vehicle that tackles both markets and policy failures, which can use public funding and combine that with private funding to leverage in private investments that can deliver on these schemes actually within uh, the different local economies. Third, that public funding element is going to be really important and it will be required for any regeneration policy to succeed. Local and national tools actually here, so to streamline the planning processes and other regulatory barriers will help uh, reduce the cost of the public sector and also the private sector, and they should be deployed but they won't be sufficient on their own to deliver regeneration, especially for those cities that have weaker local economies. And the fourth lesson we think is that the scheme should really consider setting up one single fund, which offers regeneration sites as an entire portfolio to investors. So the risk of any given uh, site, especially those weaker local economies, can be spread across the schemes and funding can be leveraged for weaker city centers uh, alongside the the stronger city centers as well. Excellent. Uh, thank you very much to Stuart and Anthony for that brief synopsis and summary of the report. You can find the full report and all the related materials on our website, centreforcities.org. Thanks for listening.